family, and welcome to another episode of Normal with Autism. We are walking with faith on this side of the spectrum. We're dancing with faith. Will you please come to our kitchen table and experience the joy in the journey? I'm Tara. I'm Sarah. Happy 2021. <laughs> oh my God. I can't but even... is it? <laughs> is it really? I can't even say it. I can't. Are you crying? No, no, I'm, I'm, no, because I'm laughing, because if I weren't laughing, laughing through the tears, I would cry. I would, I would cry. Yep. Let's, can, I've done both. Can we do housekeeping first? Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> Let's keep the house. Um, please go rate, review, and subscribe, because you can hear this podcast anywhere now. Mm-hmm. We're like on all the platforms. Yeah. Because I did work. Get it, girl. I did my job. So will you rate, review, and subscribe? Because that is the um, monetarily free, guilt-free way to follow us and, like, help us and support us. If you are rating, reviewing, subscribing, that's getting us into more ear holes. Yes. Okay. So that's one way to do it. And then you can follow us on the Insta and on the Facebook. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you can check out our website because we have a website. Yeah, we do. And it's beautiful. Normalwithautism.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just want to make sure that I had that right. And then there on our website, you can click on a link and you can give us a dollar bill. Yeah. To keep this going. We hope you like it. I found a $10 bill in a book today. Um, We're not asking for constructive criticism from people, right? When they're in I don't US. think I can handle it. We just... <laughs> positive vibes only please look if you don't like us just there's lots of podcasts please find something else but if you do will you send us some happy vibes and say we're doing a good job and if you don't want us to get political (laughs) there's lots of podcasts every time every time you're gonna go there aren't you if politics stop being dumb we wouldn't have to get political i know um Gosh, are we going to go there? We're going to go there, aren't we? Oh, I thought I was already there. Oh, are we supposed to ease into it? No. (laughs) No, I just just want to warn you that there may be political content. No. Because unfortunately, disenfranchised people are disenfranchised by the government and politics. By politicians. And society. Yeah. So we might talk about that because it actually affects people that we love. Well, we're we're talking we're talking today. Let's tell everybody why they're here and why they're listening first. We're talking today. Um, we wanted to celebrate the new year. When I wrote this episode, I wrote this episode a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and we want to celebrate the new year because we are looking forward to all the good things. Hopefully, that will come this year, mm-hmm. like a vaccine and. I got mine. Getting, oh, I love you. I, I got like, the first can I, one. Can I touch you and just from a distance? And I'm still only 50% safe. Do you think like if I, if I stared in your eyes long enough, osmosisly, I'd get some of the, you never know the vaccine might get one of my nanobots. <laughs> oh, did you get your chip? I asked for extra from Bill Gates. Yeah. How's it? Yeah. I got the Moderna vaccine, the Dolly Parton one. Oh, well then there's no chip in the Dolly Parton one, right? I, well, I was hoping that it would give me a better singing voice. And it didn't? Or at least bigger boobs. I got neither. Okay. 
nothing you can cut that out if you want to it's inappropriate it's fine well um one one quick thing is you might hear dogs because we might hear a lot of things because we've got new gear we got new gear freaking me out a little bit it is a little freaky and craig the sound guy is joining us at the table because he's mixing it while we're talking he's also at the kitchen table and we're not on zoom we've been on zoom for like almost a year i know i know so i'm i kind of don't know what to do with myself but let's talk for a minute about why we're here tonight while we're here um we are wanting to talk about like i came up with Remember how we started last year with words? Mm-hmm. Like we had some words. Mm-hmm. So my words for this year were community, resistance, and acceptance. And I wanted to talk in this episode today about how, what different kinds of things affect acceptance. Okay. Just in general. Okay. Talk about what we mean by acceptance um, and talk about like grief, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to take a deep dive into grief. So I think it's kind of fitting um, that we start with the grief that we all experienced earlier this week and what we witnessed, collectively witnessed, our collective trauma. So this is kind of a, I guess, a trigger warning for folks. If you don't want to revisit this, I guess go ahead and move forward a couple minutes. Yeah. Or if you don't want to hear our opinions Mm -hmm. on things. Just move a couple minutes forward, and then we'll get into grief and acceptance when it comes to our, our autism community. Yeah. So um, we had a collective trauma on Wednesday. It was pretty difficult mm-hmm. watching. Um, I, wow. I'm even, I didn't realize I was going to get, I didn't realize like I was going to get a little, I'm feeling a little tightness in my throat mm-hmm. right now as I bring it up. Mm-hmm. So a deep breath. Breathe through the pain. Right. That's the motto for 2021 so far. I have not really had any words about what happened on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. I, like, we haven't really posted anything to our Instagram or our Facebook page. I've been sharing through stories mm-hmm. on our Instagram page. But, like, I haven't, I haven't had the words. Yeah. To kind of sum up and describe, like, what I saw and what was going on. And I guess I want to start like the first thing that comes into my brain is I want to start with saying this and like kind of why we're talking about it. Last year when the Black Lives Matter revolution kicked off Mm -hmm. and really got big um, after the death of Mr. Floyd, I, I was trying to learn a lot and I was trying to pay attention and I was trying to read a lot from the black educators in my sphere. Mm-hmm. And I purposely diversified my newsfeed and mm-hmm. like I went after this knowledge because it was important to me because I was, um, I, I watched another human, get, human being get killed, mm-hmm. you know? So again, what, again, right. So what I've learned so far since then is that the fight for Black Lives Matter and the fight for civil rights is not just about our Black brothers and sisters. The fight for civil rights is about all of us. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not just saying, you know, please don't shoot me or that kind of thing. They want want humanity extended to all people. Mm Mm-hmm. And which is what we want, which is why 
there's an intersectionality of these things, which is why we talk about it. Exactly. Exactly. Because we want humanity extended to our children because they are different. Mm-hmm. Right. And we want them recognized for the worthy human beings they are in spite of and because of the fact that they're autistic. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, that's why we're talking about this. And, and the fact that we were going to talk about grief tonight, I think just kind of continues to lead us into going through what we saw on Wednesday and, and what was horrific. And I, I, I hesitate to say that it, I was in disbelief because I wasn't like, we saw this coming. My, so my therapist said, when we talked about it on Friday and she's told me, it's possible to be two things at the same time. So it's possible to be shocked, but not surprised. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that's exactly how I felt. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. I wasn't shocked um, in terms of like, we didn't know it was happening. You know, like we didn't know that it was building up to it. I was horrified watching it all unfold though. Yeah. I was horrified. And I was just kind of shaking my head like, yeah, of course this is where we would end up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I was justified, or no, that's not what I was going to say. I was horrified at the, um, the actual event, mm-hmm. and I was more horrified by the people that were justifying it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand, because like watching some of the videos from it, after of the people like afterwards like the reporters interviewing them like saying why were you here what happened why did you and and it was just they they were completely you know how people have been saying like we're living in different realities mm-hmm. like there's the reality of either kind of mainstream media or like what we're following on podcasts or what I might read in the Washington Post and then there's the reality of Fox News and and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, I don't know if calling it like two different realities accurately describes it because there's like reality, mm-hmm. like this was wrong. It was terrible. It should have never happened. He should be held fully accountable. Mm-hmm. He should be gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, everybody could see now why I said I'm supporting defunding the police. Right. And then there is this... Reallocating funding. Right. And then there is this completely different multiverse, like, experience that's happening in Fox News land and all all the news channels that kind of follow that pattern like the right wing websites yes and in the right and right there's like right wing right wing world and then there's like re- actual reality that the rest of us live yeah. in and not to say that democrats have it all right liberals have it all right there's mm-hmm. far left extremists mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some wackadoodle democrats mm-hmm. like i'm not saying you know we're always right. They're always wrong. Right. They were definitely wrong in this case. But we're not having Bernie Sanders or AOC getting up and calling for people to storm the Capitol. And true. I mean, true. Come on. 
right? So, if this happened in another country, we would invade them. Or, or, yeah, we would, or we would be doing something militarily. What do you think it will take for Canada to invade us? That's what I. That's what I'm kind of hoping happens. They're too nice. Yeah, they are they're too, too nice. nice. They are. There was a meme going around about like Canada feels like it's living above a meth lab. <laughs> That was one. I mean, the memes have been on point. Oh, yeah. The memes have been on point. That's been like a, a saving grace in all yeah. of this, right? Yeah. I don't know. I just, I feel, I, I feel like I'm at a loss of even how to talk about it right now. But, like, I feel like I'm rambling, but I have yeah. to. Well, because I think that we're still figuring out, we're still processing. There's still new information coming all the time. I just saw a video of a cop being beaten mm-hmm. with Trump, like literally with a Trump like flag. the bottom, like the pole from a Trump flag. I know that's not the cop that died. That's another one. Like yeah. you're beating a police officer with your back, the blue flag. Right. What, what's happening? Right. And there were all kinds of videos about them. Um, uh, the insurrectionists, like, walking all over the back of the blue flags and yeah. F the police. And I mean, come I don't on. get it. But I want to point out, that's the absurdity of white supremacy. Yes. And, and what was behind this is I want to be very clear. White supremacy was behind this. And that's the absurdity of it is that they don't even know what they stand for half the time. Right. Right. And they will turn on everybody who doesn't agree with whatever it is they're spouting at that time. Yeah. Well, and some people just want to watch the world burn. Mm -hmm. They don't care what's happening or, mm -hmm. you know, they just want to cause chaos and be in the midst of it. And mm -hmm. I mean, there's those people out there too. Mm -hmm. So I guess in, in bringing that up, like the grief that we're experiencing right now from that feels really heavy right now. Yeah. And I think that's part of what makes it hard to process out loud. Like mm -hmm. normally I'm an out loud processor type of person, but because the grief from what we all saw on Wednesday still feels so very heavy, mm -hmm. it's almost, um, it, it's just, it's almost too heavy to even put, it's pre-verbal. Yeah. It's pre-verbal. Yeah. Especially, um, Seeing the the justification is what has really broken my heart mm -hmm. and done me in. Mm -hmm. um, I deactivated Facebook, which <laughs> helped a lot. That's a smart move. Yeah, because I just can't. That's a smart move. Yeah, if you're if you're still listening to this, we're a couple of minutes into it, and you're hearing this part, you you have to absolutely take care of yourself mm -hmm. in this moment, right? But I do also want to be clear, just because it's pre-verbal for me right now, the grief part of it doesn't mean I'm not taking action. Mm -hmm. Like I'm, I'm still like, I'm in action mode. Like I'm still, I'm doing. Yeah. So I'm sharing on Facebook. I'm amplifying voices. I'm listening to the black leaders in this moment. Yeah. I'm supporting um, the protests that are peaceful. I'm signing petitions. Mm -hmm. I'm donating money. Like I'm, I'm, I'm trying to remain active in my grief. Yeah. And let me be very clear because I was accused of being a hypocrite. 
for condemning the violence that these domestic terrorists cause. Mm-hmm. Um, but not speaking up when women lined the hallways and sat outside offices during Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation hearing. Oh, okay. I condemn domestic terrorists. Right. And insurrectionists. Right. Just wanted to make that clear. Okay. I do not condemn women telling their stories right. and trying to keep predators right. from the highest court in the land. Right. Or protests. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I do not condemn peaceful protests. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bit of a separation there, mm-hmm. I think, between those two things. So, so yeah. where are you at with like when I talk about grief over this incident? It like it feels heavy for me. Is that how it's feeling for you right now? Very. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why. So we're, we're recording this on Sunday night. This mm-hmm. happened on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to record on Friday. Right. And you called, and I was like, "Yeah, man, nah, <laughs> can't, I can't do it." Mm-mm. And I don't feel better today. Like it's gonna, it's gonna be rough to get through this, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but we gotta talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I I don't know. What do you do? What do you say? Like nothing. Like I, I can't even wrap my head around Mm -hmm. what is happening. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be one of those, like, where were you when this happened? Right. You know, where were you when JFK was shot or where were you on 9-11? Right. Right. Where were you when, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The man in the. Chewbacca bikini came in and tried to steal democracy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The Chewbacca bikini meme, meme helped yeah. a little bit. You're Him and Duck Dynasty in here trying to... Right. <laughs> what are you doing, right. man? Well, here's here's kind of like a final thought. Um, kind of stepping out of that incident. You know, we're going to continue to see the ramifications of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is going to go on well past this week, obviously. Yeah. Um, I want to be clear that white supremacy and racism didn't start with Donald Trump. No, no. It's not going to end with him. No. So if you're if you're a white um, person listening to this, uh, it's going to be important that even though you're tired or even though you're in shock or even though you're in grief, like you have to keep working because literal lives are on the line. Yeah. Including ours. Yeah. Or if you're someone that would say, I'm not racist, but, right. you know, I'm not in the the clan, so I'm not racist. Right. Okay, but you have unconscious biases that you don't know about. Right. You have to do some work. Like, start doing the work on yourself, and it's hard. It's very hard. It is. Looking yourself in the soul Mm -hmm. is not easy. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do it, if you're going to, if you're going to like label yourself a white ally or say like, I'm doing anti-racist work, like do the work. And there's a difference between a white ally and a white savior. Yes. Yeah. Look that up too. There's, there's do the work, do it with other folks. Mm -hmm. Like, cause that makes it a little easier. Right. And know that as for as tired as you are, our black brothers and sisters are beyond that. Yeah. They I mean, there's people's lives on the line to mm-hmm. do this work. And we saw the extremeness of it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And it's only going to continue until more of us wake up and talk about and say things out loud that are tough. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. but doing the work together is important. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. Um, but I also want to just real quick celebrate um, the monumental achievement of Georgia. Yes. Yes. Electing their first, you know, Jewish black Congress people, mm-hmm. making mm-hmm. some good trouble. Mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, it sucks we weren't able to celebrate that longer mm-hmm. than like four hours. Mm-hmm. And all the leaders and organizers in Georgia yeah, who worked a, for that. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, so that's the joy. Yeah. You know, good things are still happening. Mm-hmm. It's being overshadowed by, you know, the destruction. But, you know, sometimes it does take a little more effort to find that joy or that good news. It's out there. Mm hmm. Good things are still happening. And that's what I think that's what we have to stay focused on. Stay focused on the joy. The fact that we were we saw evidence of like things can change. Yeah. Progress is being made. Progress can be made. People's lives can be better. Mm-hmm. You know, because you can change of the little People things can that change. That wasn't just like an overnight success. Oh, no, it's been decades. And and they took lots of little steps to get there. Mm-hmm. Right. So you can do that same thing like where you are in your living room you can take little steps like that to contribute to that kind of change and we're making the world a more equitable and just place we're working on extending humanity to everybody Mm -hmm. that's a big deal yeah that's why we're doing this podcast what do you know because we want to do our little part of the work to help extend humanity to everybody and how we do that is we talk about acceptance. Mm-hmm. That's one of the words that I chose for 2021. Did you choose any words yet or no? Um, my words are or word. Take no sh- only vitamins. <laughs> Been taking a lot of vitamins. Should that be on our? Shouldn't that be on like a t-shirt? I mean, why not? Should we do that as Let's a t-shirt? It. Yeah. What was our other t-shirt? Wholesome AF, yeah. right? Okay. All right. All right. Now we just got to find anybody. If anybody wants to help us do <laughs> a t-shirt. All right. Let's talk about acceptance. Um, we're going to do a couple parts to this. This is like the first part. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. And then I, we'll, I don't, I, yeah. We'll do other episodes, <laughs> other, other parts. So what does it look like? Tell people to skip to 22 minutes. <laughs> Skippers, welcome back. We spent 22 minutes. I said a couple at the beginning. Listen, we got stuff to say. I don't feel bad about it. All right, all right, all right, all right. So, acceptance. What does it look like? I I have questions. So my, my first questions about this are, when it comes to our autistic community, and we obviously we're not autistic, but we participate in the community because our children are. Mm-hmm. So I have questions. I want to know what does it mean or look like for a caregiver to accept their autistic loved one? Right. Like there's that very personal kind of one on one relationship. Mm-hmm. I want to know what does it look like for the local community to accept the autistic individual Mm -hmm. and I know I want to know what does it mean or look like for the global community to accept the autistic individual 
Um, and talking about what can typically get in the way of acceptance, I think are a few things. One of them being grief, another one fear, and another one the unknown. Mm-hmm. And I thought we could talk for a few minutes about defining acceptance and what what we mean by that. Um, what I guess what for you, like we've talked about before, I think we talked about it with Matt's episode about acceptance because he was really good about talking about that. But for you as a mom, what does it mean that you accept Owen? Um, it means that I am not going to try to change him. Mm-hmm. He is autistic. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try to make him on autistic. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who we get. He has brown eyes and he's autistic. Mm-hmm. I can't change his eye color. Mm-hmm. I can't change his autism. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. Right. Um, and just loving him for who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's important. Yeah, I like that. I think I think for me, acceptance is um, accepting just a kind of um, everything that comes to the table, mm-hmm. right? So the good, the bad, the in-between, um, just whatever kind of journey we're on, it's that I'm with Finn, I'm acceptance, accepting that he is an autistic individual and that does not define him. And it's a big part of who he is. Mm -hmm. I think acceptance, you have to do a lot of both and languages, Mm -hmm. not, not either or, but, but both and right. Um, and I think when we talk about grief, for me, that's tricky because there's a couple definitions. Um, so for you, how, how do you define grief? Um, so the grief that I have is that the world is not easier mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. Is that he'll have difficulties in life because of who he is. And that people who aren't autistic wouldn't have. Right. Okay. Or that are not do not struggle with mental illness. Right. Um, you know, I, I grieve that his life will be more difficult. Right. Right. And he'll be misunderstood mm-hmm. and, you know, in danger. Mm-hmm. When I, when I think about grief, like before I had typically thought about it as something like you lose. Mm-hmm. Right. But for me, that was tricky. So like you lose a job or you lose a loved one or like you lose your health. Um, But when I think about my journey with Finn, that definition didn't really fit. I didn't, I haven't, I guess I didn't really lose anything with him because he, he was born autistic. He was, he is, was born kind of the way he is. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, we all are. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really lose anything for him. That doesn't describe my journey. Um, I think his seizures have intensified like his delays and the, you know, his life skills and being able to take care of himself and and things like that. But I haven't lost anything because he's autistic Mm -hmm. because that's the way he came into the world. 
Um, and because autism is not a tragedy. Exactly. Exactly. There are some folks, though, I remember stories, um, hearing stories that, you know, they'd say, well, my kid was quote unquote normal. And then they got the autism diagnosis because they lost speech or something mm-hmm. like that. So I want to honor that mm-hmm. piece of it. Like there could, there were, there could be people listening who are like, but that does describe my journey. That makes sense. But that's just not what my journey looks like. Um, and I also want to acknowledge that sometimes there's that like contentious debate over being able to say, I grieve for my child when they're diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. Have you experienced that in like some of the online? I have, like, I've definitely seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I I get it. I don't, I don't grieve my son because he's exactly who he was supposed to be. I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't grieve when he was first diagnosed and I had no freaking idea what autism was. Mm -hmm. And it's so scary. Like you start reading and it's so scary because there is not a lot of positive. Mm-hmm. There wasn't. No, there's I mean, not. when he was diagnosed back in the, it's, I think it's better now, maybe a little. It's been, so we can say it, it's, can you believe that it's been like almost 10 years? Right. Wow, yeah. So like 10 years ago, all I remember hearing about autism was like, how many kids have it? And it's an epidemic. And mm-hmm. oh my God, don't get your kid vaccinated. And autism is the worst thing that could gonna happen. Die. Everybody's going to die. Yeah. Right. That was just 10 years ago. Yeah. And it's, it is scary. It's like this doomsday diagnosis mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there wasn't hope. There was only, you know, do this and this and this, and I don't know, maybe it'll help. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I did grieve for that because I was just so overwhelmed and disheartened by what I was hearing, what I was seeing. I didn't know anyone autistic. I didn't know anyone with an autistic child. I was all alone. Right. Um, and it was very overwhelming. So I, I did, you know, I, I grieved for the expectations that I had, mm-hmm. the life I thought we would live. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never for a second have grieved having an, an autistic child, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, life is different. It's more challenging in a lot of ways. It's more delightful in a lot of ways. You know, there are so many things that I would have missed out on had I not had an autistic child to show me how awesome the world can be from another perspective. Right. Exactly. Like, who knew that doors were so amazing or things that spinning were completely awesome? Or, yeah. I mean. Who knew every single thing about Batman? I know. <laughs> or, you know, right now it's Bigfoot. We're really into Bigfoot. Uh-oh. Um, I know a lot about Bigfoot. Okay. <laughs> you know, but, you know, I have two boys, my 10-year-old, who wants to sit with me and watch, you know, Bigfoot YouTube videos and tell me all about his day and, you know, help me put away his pajamas because that's all he wears Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. talk about his favorite, you know, snacks and things to do. And then I have my 11 year old who doesn't come out of his room and never talks to me. So it's only going to get, that's uh, only going to get worse. I'm sorry. I was just thinking today, like 
did I see him today? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. Um, you know, and I'm not saying like one's right and one's wrong. One's better and one's worse. Like it's just how it is. And I don't want to, I don't need to change that. Mm -hmm. Things are fine. Mm -hmm. Well, when I, when I looked up the Latin, like the, the etymology of the word grief, are oh, you God. impressed? Yeah. So like where the word grief came from, uh -huh. the Latin word for it was, um, I can't do it. I'm going to end up sounding like Fragile from it's great. But you're Catholic, so you should know. <sighs> or you went to Catholic school. I Did went you to have Catholic to take school. Latin in uh, Catholic school? No, I chose not to. Oh, can you choose that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I chose Spanish because it was more fun. Grav, grav, gravare, gravare. Gravel? No. Oh. Grav, gravare. The word for Latin. G-R-A-V-A-R-E. Gravare. That's the word for grief in Latin. I'll take That's your word for it. From. Thank you. And it means, here's what it means. Are you ready for this? Mm -hmm. So we're, again, we were thinking about grief, like something you lose. Yeah. Something that wasn't there or that kind of thing. Here's what it means in Latin. It means weighty or to make heavy. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Now for me, that feels a lot more accurate. Yeah. That feels a lot more accurate when I talk about the grief. Yeah. That... I feel in trying to accept my son's, my son being autistic. Yeah. That feels a little more accurate. It's more, it seems more accurate to me too, because what I do grieve is not my son's autism. It's more his depression, his suicidal ideation, his you know, sobbing because he just wants to, you know, be normal, mm -hmm. quote unquote. That's what I grieve. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The, the fact that he doesn't see how awesome he is. Mm -hmm. That's what feels heavy to me. That's what I grieve. That's what makes me sad. And I think that talking about how heavy this journey can be and how heavy it is, I think the like the weight of knowing that I will care for Finn at a very high level for the rest of our lives, the rest of my life. Like I will, I, I'm, I will always, I can be pretty certain that we will always have to worry about him running away. Mm. You know, he's, he's getting better, but I don't think that's going away anytime, mm -hmm. anytime soon. And I know people say to us all the time, like, you don't know what the future holds. And that is, accurate that mm -hmm. is completely accurate and I appreciate it and I want to be wrong like I want to be wrong that he won't have some type of independent living situation but my child is nine and I think I know him pretty well mm -hmm. and I think it's pretty clear at this point like he's going to live with us for the rest of our lives and that's just what it is and that feels heavy to me mm -hmm. and not because it's my son and not because of who he is, but it's, um, it's the heaviness of like, I'm going to have to fight for that. Yeah. Like there's going to be paperwork and there's going to be teams and there's going to be insurance and mm -hmm. there's going to be, um, 
questions and there's going to be like invasive appointments and just all these things that I have to wrangle and put in place just so I know that he can live with us Mm -hmm. in a safe, healthy way for the rest of our lives. It's because we live in a world that makes it difficult to be autistic or to be a caregiver for an autistic person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Again, it has nothing to do with the actual autistic person. Mm -mm. It's the circumstances that make it more difficult. Right. Because there is this thing about the deserving disabled. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be deserving of help from the government, mm-hmm. help from the local, state, federal authorities. You have to be deserving of a caseworker. You have to be deserving of, I don't know, whatever kind of handout or charity somebody might give you. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're not deserving of it, then why would they want to help you? Right. And that's really well, it's not even always charity. Sometimes it's, you know, the speech therapy that you pay insurance and a deductible and mm-hmm. co-pays for. Mm-hmm. 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 I will, uh, I, listen, I will move heaven and earth for, to make sure that my son has what he needs for a rich life that he is worthy of. And that is simply because he's a human being breathing on this planet, Mm -hmm. but the system doesn't see him that way. Right. That we have to have deserving disabled folks and we have to have deserving poor Mm -hmm. and we have to have those that are deserving of the help or the intervention or the therapy. Mm Why? Right. Why? What, what are you talking about? The system sees him as extra or special or costly or a strain on the budget or delayed or lacking. Mm-hmm. That's what they see first. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. the person. What's wrong? What's wrong? And I will, I will never forget when we went into his autism diagnosis um, appointment, they the very first thing they said to us after they put him through the rigors of all the tests and that kind of thing, they were like, um, he is severely autistic and at great risk for mental retardation. Mm-hmm. And that was in 2014. So that was only seven years ago, six years ago. Mm-hmm. No, it's 2021. It'll be in March. It'll be in March. It'll be seven years ago. Right. So they have to point out what's wrong. They have to point out what's lacking, what's broken Mm -hmm. so that you can be deserving enough to be able to get the help. Right. Yeah. That's the part that's heavy. That's the part that I grieve. Mm -hmm. That's the part that is too much to carry. Yeah. That's what stands in the way of acceptance for me. 100%. So I guess the heaviness is the the grief of fighting in the system. The system's never going to go away Mm -hmm. that I know of. And I will always have to fight to have humanity extended to my son. Yep. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy to deal with. And yet we're still so privileged 
because oh my we are raising autistic white males. Right. 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 Because as we learned from our friends, Camilla and Maria and Katina, like the black, brown, indigenous people of color community for autism, they're diagnosed later. They're diagnosed not at all sometimes. Mm -hmm. They're looked at as problems even more so. They're looked at as lacking and broken even more so. Mm -hmm. That's not okay. No. That's part of why they're grieving. That's the heaviness they have to endure. In addition to everything we just talked about. Exactly. Exactly. That's why we talk about politics. Exactly. It's all, it's all coming full circle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <sighs> Deep breath. Okay. So... I, I also, for context, I want to share that when we're thinking about our grief, that it's heavy, I want to share that the stages of grieving were misappropriated. So have y'all heard of the stages of grieving? Do you know what that is? Yes. Okay. It's like disbelief, bargaining, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. acceptance. It's shock and denial. Yeah. It's... Um, Sadness, anger, bargaining, acceptance. So what happened when those were first made is that was made for someone who was dying. Mm -hmm. It's not for people who are facing grief. It's not for the people who are watching the person die. That, that was a misappropriated use of that. There's really only like your grief and then there's after mm. grief. Okay. But um, is there really ever an after well, it just gets smaller well, and easier know, to carry. Tr that can be true. But you know what I think about when, when I say that is like one of the nights that um, our friend Stephanie had come over and to record mm -hmm. and she saw the pictures I had up of Finn and Q from when they were like eight years old and two years old or, or no, they would have been like 10 and two. Um, I said, that is after epilepsy, but before autism. And mm -hmm. she goes, isn't that how you do? stuff too, like that timeline kind of mm -hmm. thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's either after or before epilepsy or after or before yeah. autism. That's kind of how my life is divided. So I think that's what I mean by the after. Okay. After grief. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, so I just gave that example. And like you said, it's a it gets lighter. There are different there are different things that can happen that get lighter. For example, like me dealing with insurance, dealing with insurance is a heaviness. Mm -hmm. It's a great, it's exhausting grief to bear. Yeah. Right. It constantly changes and moves and fluctuates. And you talk to so many different people, but I think now like looking on it now, I can much more easily bear that heaviness than I could before mm -hmm. because I've had to do it so many times. Right. Right. So that's an example of how it gets later, easier. Um, but then there's also these new pockets of heaviness that I run into with my grief in this situation. Do you have any, like when you think about it that way, do you think of any um, situations that hit you that are like, Oh, that's heavy. 
what I think of is advocacy. Mm-hmm. It was really hard at first. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm the person that gets the wrong meal and doesn't send it back because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. <laughs> I I talk a big game, but I do not walk the walk. Okay. Um. So. You know, it was hard at first to fight for these things that my son needed Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to, like, hurt anyone's feelings or step on anyone's toes. You know, so my first IEP meeting, I was like, yeah, whatever you think. Like, if that's, yeah, that works for me. I don't know. I can't Uh, picture that at all. It's because anxiety, like, it's my, like, freeze response. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's fight, flight, or freeze, and Mm -hmm. I freeze every time. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. but now I'm like, Mm-mm, ain't gonna work for me, Marsha. <laughs> nope. We gonna need more OT. Make it happen. You know. Karen, he needs speech therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like those things have gotten easier for me. I'm like, this school ain't working out. What you got? Right. So that that part of the heaviness has lightened for you. Mm-hmm. It's still not like my favorite thing, um, but it's for the betterment of my son. Mm. So I'm gonna do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that would be like one thing mm-hmm. that I can think of. And I also, you know, it's funny because, so I just got done saying like, oh, I don't want people to think bad of me or whatever. But like when Owen is with me mm-hmm. or like if it's about Owen, mm-hmm. I do not care. Mm-hmm. If it bothers you that my 10 year old is wearing pajamas in public, mm-hmm. look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to force him to wear something that's uncomfortable for him to make you comfortable. No. Avert your gaze, Carl. Barbara. Ugh. How many, how many names are we going to come up with? I just, you know, so like <coughs> having a, a kid like Owen who just is him, mm-hmm. he, he's who he is. Like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So like that rubs off on me. Like I guess like Owen energy and mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Step off. Mm-hmm. I wish I you could it. all see Sarah's face. <laughs> it's fantastic. And he'll like, he'll straight, like, I wish I was like him. I wish I was more like him. Mm-hmm. Like he'll straight up walk up to somebody and be like, did you just drop that napkin in the middle of the street? Mm-hmm. Like we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he does not care. Mm-hmm. But you know, it rubs off on me, I guess. But yeah, like if I'm with my, my son and someone, you know, gives a look or makes a comment or does a sigh, I'm on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I won't do it for myself, but I do it for him. Right. Right. And that's, how, that's gotten easier. I yeah. used to be so embarrassed if he had a meltdown or if he, you know, my my first reaction when he would have a meltdown would be, Oh my gosh, he's looking. Who's watching? What are they thinking? Are they recording? Which, by the way, don't do that. Don't do that. That's a jerk thing to do. Mm, don't do recording that. Recording parents and kids and the kids having a meltdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. but now if my son has a meltdown, my first thought is, what is happening right now? What can we change? What can we do differently? What needs to happen? You're not, able to focus on him more. Yeah, it's what's happening, not who's watching. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's gotten easier. Mm-hmm. I think when I when I think about the things that are 
like the insurance, whatever has gotten easier. But when I think about the things that are these new pockets of heaviness that I run into, he's getting older, Mm -hmm. you know, he's nine now, bigger, bigger, stronger, stronger. It's heavy to think about the new fights that I will have to take on for him. Mm -hmm. Um, as he gets older and taller and isn't a cute nine year old anymore. And it's, it's heavy to think about how the humanity will be stripped away from him. Mm-hmm. Right. Because you and I were both in a situation last year um, where we went to church and we firsthand experienced what it was like to see a disabled adult treated in a less than human way. Mm-hmm. And we, I had a church leader say to me, what happens if we get an adult disabled male in the program to watch them while their parents are at church? Mm-hmm. And I had to look at that leader and say, my son's going to be an adult disabled male. And he didn't recognize in that moment I, I, didn't, I don't know if he does now or not anymore because I just don't know um, that, that they were taking humanity away from my son mm-hmm. in that moment. They were like stripping him of that simply because he was, he, he would get older mm-hmm. and that's not okay. Um, and like, okay, what if we get an adult disabled male? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's the fear? What's the concern? Yeah. Why is there fear? Why is because that the first? Yeah. Because it's misunderstood. I don't know. I. <clears throat> if your first reaction to hearing adult disabled male is fear, mm-hmm. please look inside yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Please get to know some actually disabled people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that space is no longer a space where my family can show up fully as themselves. Mm-hmm. I can't f- show up fully as myself because it's the grief and the heaviness of, of knowing that like they're worried about him getting older. Mm-hmm. in that space. So I can't show up fully as myself now. It hurts too much to do that. And I know that he at some level isn't accepted fully as himself. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's no longer a space where we can show up and that hurts. Yeah. And that's the stuff that I, that's the stuff that I grieve. Cause that's not fair to him. Right. So those it's those kind of pockets of heaviness that and like my best friend showed me a video of her daughter and her daughter and Finn are only six months apart and her daughter was at a little sleepover with her buddies they were doing girl things sitting at the table and it hit me it's like Finn's not doing those things yeah and that's just that's that's just the heaviness of it you know 
Yeah. He's doing lots of other amazing things, but it's also okay for me to be sad about the fact that he's not doing that. Right. Like he's not at a little, he's not at a sleepover with his little buddies. Yeah. You know, I grieve, um, that him and that my sons don't have a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's heavy. You know, I was, That's out of, heavy to I, deal I was with. at a friend's house and her son, her older son was giving her younger son a piggyback ride mm-hmm. and they were laughing and, you know, prancing all around the house and mm-hmm. my kids don't talk. Mm-hmm. So they can't be in the same room together because mm-hmm. it triggers both of them. They're both neurodiverse in different ways, but th- like they are triggers for each other. We don't get to do family things. We don't, there's so many things that we don't get to do. And I'm not saying it's either of their faults, but it's still, it, it's still heavy for me and, and for my husband too. And I'm hoping what comes out of this conversation is that in our community, the autism community, since there seems to be shame, like shaming folks who say they grieve for their kid, my hope is that maybe we can call it this heaviness, this heaviness that we endure. And it's not heaviness, again, over the, son, over the fact that my son is autistic. It's heaviness of dealing with the society at large mm-hmm. and how he's treated because he's autistic. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that can have some common language, maybe bring us all a little closer together yeah. and endeavoring to tell our stories and, and that kind of thing. Yep. <sighs> are you as bummed out as we are now? I don't, I hope, I hope not. <laughs> I, I want to, I guess I want to leave people with, um, some questions that they can ask themselves. Is that okay? Yeah. Is that good? Um, So if you have identified at all that maybe grief, your heaviness, is blocking the acceptance for you of like accepting your autistic loved one, um, you can ask yourself, what does the heaviness look like? Start there. What does it look like? Give an example to yourself, just like I did, like Sarah did, with what this heaviness looks like. Is the heaviness or the grief about you mostly? Like, is there, I'll give you an example. I don't think I'll dance with uh, with Finn for this mother-daughter or the mother-son dance at his wedding. Yeah. You know? (sighs) Yeah. So that's about me. Mm -hmm. That's about me. That's not about him. Um, Or is it about your child? And so the heaviness of him not, us not being able to fully show up at church as a full family, mm-hmm. like as fully as ourselves, that's heaviness for him, you know, that he's not accepted fully. Um, I guess exploring it and naming it helps. We are storytellers and it helps us to change and to grow into the story. Um, and it, it helps to create more space around it to see how big the grief or the heaviness is because mm-hmm. at heart we are storytellers. Um, so maybe you can picture making friends with your grief um, 
in Buddhism, we call it like inviting it in for tea. Mm. So sit down with your grief at the table, have some tea, talk to it. That's weird. Name it aloud. It's not weird. It's supposed to be helpful. It's not okay. All right. It's very, it's very therapist of you. It's very therapist of me. And is there someone in your life who you admire for how they handle their heaviness, for how they handle their grief? Like, for example, my friend Lori, who I love everything about her. She was the first person to talk to after we got our autism diagnosis. And I completely admire, like, from day one, um, how she has handled her grief and her heaviness and I'm not saying she's perfect. I'm not saying like she's happy all the time. I just like, I really admire how she handles it. And I kind of look at her example and that helps me a little bit. So is there anything that helps you with your handling your grief, your heaviness? Um, carbs, carbs. Yep. Mm. Pasta. Um, just looking at what we have, you know, how much we're, we're so blessed and Owen's so amazing and he's so awesome. And why would I ever want to change him? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So focusing on what you love, what you see, what you have, what's in front of you, the mm-hmm. here and now. Yeah, that can be helpful too. So I don't know. I think I think this is an important conversation that we continue to have throughout the year, right? So on our path to acceptance, mm-hmm. helping other people accept mm-hmm. is important and talking about one of the things that stands in the way of grief um, and what that means and what it looks like and how you can define it personally for yourself because... If anything, grief and grieving is a personal journey. Mm-hmm. So you have to figure it out for yourself, which can be hard, but it's important. And you'll feel better when you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're naming it, when you're telling your story, when you're owning your story. When you're sipping English tea with it. Mm-hmm. At the table. No. Out of a cat mug. <laughs> With your succulents there on the table. Mm-hmm. I almost bought more of those because of you. You should. Everyone I... should have more plants. <sighs> I don't have any space. I don't have any space. Craig is charged and ready on the soundboard. Oh, is, are we done? He's... <laughs> I can't say what he just did. He flipped he's, her off. He's. <laughs> I'll tell. Thank you. I know you will. Um, listen, uh, I, I think that's it. Are we done? Oh, I hope so. This has I'm been worn too out. much. This has been too much. This is heavy. Look, we are. Do you know what I keep thinking of? Mm. Um, Back to the Future. Mm. When he's like, "Why is everything so heavy? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull?" You know that part? No, I don't, I don't remember. You know, Doc McFly comes, mm-hmm. and Marty's like heavy, and he's like, "Why, Why is everything so heavy?" Yeah. No. I, okay. Yeah, okay. It, well, it's a thing. It happened. I believe you. I believe you. Okay. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Here's to 2022. (laughs) We're already done with 21. We're done. It's got to, it can only go up from here. 
You keep saying that. I know. Okay. So we're going to say goodbye. Thank you for listening. Um, We love you guys. We have so much good stuff coming up this year. And I think that's it, right? Yep. Okay. All right. Well, here is to, as always, the complexity in our journeys, the joys and sorrows, the the highs highs and the lows. When they go low, we go high. (laughs) And when we... God, Sarah, you can't let it go. (laughs) I can't finish. (laughs) When we get... I don't know. I'm done. I can't finish it. Our our minds are mush. Our minds are mush at this point. Yes. We love you guys. You guys guys. know the drill. We'll, We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.